Hey there, everyone. Uh, this is Caleb Van Voren here with this week's episode of the Overcoming Podcast. Uh, this will be episode 11. I'm here with my guest, Katie Roberts. Uh, I'm pretty excited to have her on. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't have her on last week due to some con flicks. So uh, before we get started, if you're new to the podcast, be sure to like, follow, subscribe, whatever platform you're consuming this on. We're on Facebook and YouTube, uh, the Overcoming Podcast for the video. Uh, we're live every week at twitch.tv slash Caleb Van Vorn. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook uh, at Overcoming PC. Um, and like I said, if this is your first time to the podcast, um, this uh, podcast is all about talking to people um, who have faced struggles and are facing struggles, um, what they face, uh, the, in particular the skills they've used to move past that or to uh, overcome that struggle in their daily life, um, and uh, how they found success despite that or even because of it. Um, and so our guest this week is, uh, as I said before, Katie Roberts. Um, she is, uh, how old are you, Katie? I'm 25. 25. Wow. Uh, even younger than me. So Katie <laughs> is 25 years old. Um, she, uh, suffers from, uh, an autoimmune disorder. Um, I don't pretend to know what it is, uh, but it's an IG, A, I, G, 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 uh, autoimmune deficiency, uh, as well as fibromyalgia. Um, she, uh, Pretty cool. Uh, her and her roommate and her uh, friend are uh, starting a podcast here soon. Uh, it's going to be kind of a true crime lore mystery podcast, um, kind of in the style of the last podcast on the left, um, something along those lines. Uh, I know I for sure will be listening in as soon as it launches. Uh, it'll be really exciting. Uh, potential name, going to be Dark Corners, uh, but keep an eye out on Katie's Instagram, uh, Katie Jean uh, Mermaid. Um, is her Instagram handle, so keep an eye out there for any new potential news about this podcast in the future. So, Katie, um, now that I've introed you as best as possible, uh, can you tell us <laughs> a little bit more about uh, kind of uh, what you do now uh, and uh, this podcast that you'll have coming up? So, currently, I work for Lush, a fresh handmade cosmetics company. It's the coolest job in the world. Okay. Um, and I, I've always been a huge fan of true crime. I watch a lot of investigation discovery and, uh, <laughs> murder shows. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been very inspired by, inspired by things like my favorite murder and wine and crime. They all are just, they get to talk about their anxiety and they get to be like really big and open, but also talk about things that they love doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so my best friends and I have, you know, we joked about it at first and now we're like actually starting to get it together. Um, we really want to talk about, I'm always interested in ghost stories. I, I love, uh, I love horror movies. I love scary things, but I love to talk about like poltergeist and the things that go bump in the night. That is really exciting. Uh, that, that'd be a lot of, that'd be really, really interesting. Um, like, I, I I love how podcasting gives people the the ability to really share what they're interested in and what they love uh, down to a niche audience, right? Um, you, you can reach a a very specific 
uh, subgroup of people without having to uh, you know do a whole lot of production work on the front end which is really nice it's really open for just about anyone so um, I'm really excited that you'll have that opportunity coming up uh, it'll be really exciting um, I'm really excited I'm nervous but it's gonna be a lot of fun <laughs> yeah uh, I podcasting is a ton of fun like I said I told you earlier I have three at the moment uh, this is my main one um, but uh, it, it's a ton of fun uh, it's a great way to just talk about all the fun all the stuff you're interested in or doing right and maybe someone somewhere will will find it interesting as well uh, it's sometimes surprising <laughs> the, uh, the people that um, are really into the thing that you're into <laughs> so um, now that we kind of did that like I said earlier um, like I said, this is your first time to the podcast. I know this is Katie's first time to the podcast. Um, <laughs> we're, uh, we're all about, like I said, uh, finding ways to add value to your lives, to, to anyone who's struggling um, with uh, anything particularly similar um, to, to our guests, but anything at all. And um, uh, whatever that struggle may be, there's no struggle that's too big or too small. Um, if it's holding you back from doing what you want to do with your life in any way, it's, it's a big enough struggle in my book. Um, yeah. and so, um, I like to find people, um, who, uh, are very varied in the struggles that they're dealing with, whatever those may be. Um, for some it's, uh, chronic diseases. Um, for some it's, uh, addiction. Uh, for some it might've been, uh, an ineffective or abusive childhood, um, you know, uh, or, you know, sometimes it's just, you're, you're in a shitty job <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and that sucks, you know, um, wh whatever it may be, I, I like to find people who are very varied and who are finding success despite whatever that struggle may be. And so, um, like I said, Katie here, uh, struggles with an IgA, IgG autoimmune deficiency, um, and fibromyalgia. And I'm really excited to hear her talk about that. So to start it off, could you kind of explain, uh, what, uh, an IGA, IgG uh, autoimmune deficiency is, Katie. Yeah. Sorry for moving around. My cat. I, I have two cats and they're being butts. <laughs> um, so the IgG, IgG and IgA immunoglobulin, immunoglobulin, words are hard. Words are um, my hard. whole life, my whole life I've called them the immunoglobulins because they're like little goblins. Mm -hmm. um, basically those are the two of the most important white blood cells for protecting your upper respiratory system so right. lungs, nasal passages ears and um, for the most part I don't make them okay. and there have been several times that we've tested to see if I'm low enough to do a transfusion because they're, it got really serious for a long time um, but you have to be at like zero for three months in a row. And every time we tried, I would be zero for two months and then it would like two the third month. Okay. So. Um, yeah. So basically I just don't make the white blood cells that keep me protected. Okay. Um, so, uh, you said essentially like your nose and your ears, um, like that. So, uh, so what does that do then? So for me, it mostly presents itself in sinus infections. Okay. Um, in my childhood, it wasn't uncommon for me to have two to three sinus infections a month. Wow. I was constantly on uh, antibiotics, which are also really, really hard 
on my system. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, if I don't take care of it fast enough, uh, yeah. it very quickly develops into bronchitis or pneumonia. Okay. Um, so that's the way that it's really presented itself the most in me. Okay. Um, wow, that, that's that's really, really rough. Um, like, uh, as, as someone who's had, like, one science infection in their life, <laughs> like, <laughs> I was miserable uh, when that happened. And, uh, like, I, I couldn't imagine doing dealing with two or three of those in, in a single month, um, especially, like, almost all of my life. That, that would be... Yeah, uh, just utterly miserable. Um, so, uh, uh, what are uh, what are the, some of the the things that um, what what are the ways that held you back? I mean, the fact that it started from birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, even as a kid, I wasn't a normal kid. Yeah. I um, I did some sports. But most of the time, I was too tired because my body was constantly fighting, um, fighting to not get sick or fighting an infection. And so it made it harder as a kid because, you know, you want to be able to go have sleepovers with your friends Mm -hmm. and go out and play in the street with your neighbors and play sports and be involved. And there were a lot of times that I just couldn't my body couldn't physically handle it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, okay. So in childhood, essentially it prevented you from, you know, living the life of a normal child. Right. Um, which, uh, God, I I know the struggle there. Uh, I've talked about it on the podcast before, but, uh, my own struggles with, uh, with, uh, tumors and things and things of that nature. Um, like I always rebelled against it. Um, like, uh, I, I, uh, I was always the type where I'm just like, uh, I would unhealthily, uh, and on ineffectively. So pretend like, um, uh, my thing didn't affect the way I, I lived my life. <laughs> right. And so, um, I have brain and spine tumors. Let's go play some of the most violent sports in the world. <laughs> Right. Um, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Right. Because I'm just like, I'll be damned if this is going to stop me from doing this thing, even though all my doctors say I shouldn't do this thing because it's dangerous. Um, and yeah. uh, I think that happens a lot with anyone who's chronically ill. You reach a, a point where you're like, no, doing what I want, yeah. even if your body really doesn't like it. Yeah, right. No matter how ineffective that may be, you know, uh, there's a big difference between recognize between not letting something hold you back uh, and recognizing the very real limitations something places on you. Um, you know, like there, there's a uh, for someone who hasn't necessarily struggled with a chronic disease uh, that might sound like this the same thing, uh, like, uh, but but there's a subtle line there uh, between uh, doing what you want want to do and uh and still being able to accept the limitations um that something places on you um so obviously as a kid uh this massively affected the way you lived your normal life uh how's it um as you've grown older they say you're 25 now so uh obviously i'm assuming through high school and stuff like that same stuff but uh if you went to college at all or even just in your adult life um how has this um i said like i said how's this held you back in your day-to-day life College was kind of the point where I uh, I wasn't always making the best choices for my body. 
you know, I wanted to be active. I wanted to hang out with my friends. And so, um, you know, there would be times that I was like, whatever, I'm going to go to the party. I'm going to stay up all night with my friends. And then I would pay for it for, you know, sometimes up to a few weeks, depending on, you know, with the, I also have fibromyalgia with that. It definitely can take a huge toll on the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, it's hard to be an adult sometimes and still have to think of it. You know, you have to be like, okay, you can do this or you can do this. And one of these is good for you. Yeah. You know, trying to make those decisions to be smart, but it definitely, and I felt sometimes in college that, you know, it kept me from making as many friends because mm-hmm. I would. I didn't go to do the things. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, all of the things that it actually takes a toll on you physically. Um, Like my sense of smell is really altered. Um, And I I mean, that's not really a setback, I guess, but it's just, it's one of those things that you have to learn to deal with. Mm -hmm. But I just, I feel like, in high school and in college, I was very limited on the amount of fun I could have Yeah. in the time when you're supposed to be having the most fun ever. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I, I can relate to that. So, uh, okay. So through college, uh, I'm assuming, well, obviously uh, it held you back from uh, having a normal social life, uh, which is a huge thing, especially for, uh, for a young adult. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, anyone uh, under 30 is still pretty much a kid. I'm 26, and I still think of myself. I'm still just like I'm basically a kid I'm, at this point. I'm not an adult. Yeah, I don't right. Know. Uh, you know, not not because <laughs> I'm irresponsible, not because I, like I just I think uh, there's a, we have a lot of time in our lives uh, for the most part, and so um, I like to think that uh, you're still very much learning, um, especially at 18, 19, 20, 20. You know, like you know, like. Like I said, all through your 20s, like you're still learning so much Um, and like you're still trying to experience so much. And so um, like college, I think, is a really um, crucial time for people to kind of nail down (laughs) and start to to really kind of find out uh, the type of people they like to be around, uh, the type of fun they like to have or they really don't like to have, (laughs) Um, you know, the mistakes and stuff like that. And uh and being held back from that um, by something outside of your control can be really, really frustrating. Um, so obviously you went through school and stuff like that, and your social life was really impacted with your academic life um, and stuff like that impacted at all? I was very fortunate that it wasn't. Um, I'm very lucky. Being a sick child and teenager uh, gives you a lot of time to be really good at school. Yeah. Um so I was very lucky that it wasn't. I was also, I have a degree in theater. So I was, I was doing something that I could be passionate about. It was always mm-hmm. very hard. Yeah. It's, you know, I still made always, I was on a roll, everything, but it took, it, sometimes it felt like it took extra work, even if it was just trying to stay awake to do my homework or to do my readings. Um, but, you know, grade-wise, I did really, really well. <laughs> that, that you're really fortunate in that um uh, I, I know from personal experience that uh that uh sometimes when you start to struggle with things um your academic life 
uh, surprise, like maybe even more so than most people expect, really begins to take a toll, to take a hit, um, you know, in, in unexpected like ways that even you, you didn't expect. Um, so you graduated school, uh, which congratulations, uh, degree in theater. And uh, so uh, now you're obviously you're in the adult world, um, so to speak. And so, uh, oh. <laughs> you know, you're working and stuff like that. Uh, has this helped you back in your job um, at all? A hundred percent. My plan, it's probably been the the biggest setback because of my health and the most difficult thing I ever had to, like, decide. Um, The plan after college was to go to grad school. Mm -hmm. Um, That was my dream. I wanted to go to grad school for theater. I wanted to, I wanted to go do it. I wanted to make a career um and as my senior year was going um all of my i have you know i have multiple illnesses that all kind of came together and you know as my senior year you have to push through Mm -hmm. and i'm very good at pushing through Mm -hmm. but i realized that i wouldn't survive uh making grad school yeah so the plan was to put it off for a year. Um, I'm very close to my parents. I'm very lucky to have them. Uh, I convinced my mom to let me move home. To She says that she didn't want me to because our town can be a black hole, and she mm-hmm. didn't want me to get stuck. But she right. finally, I think one time she came to visit me because I'm about three hours away, and she saw how bad I was. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you're moving home. Um, so I gave up on grad school. And I moved back to my hometown. And for about a year, excuse me, I um, was very fortunate that my mom's job, um, she works with special needs students. They had an opening Mm -hmm. for substitute teachers. Mm -hmm. So I did that for a while because that's about all that my body could handle. Um, I couldn't make a commitment to be somewhere every single day. Um, There were a lot of days. I also have endometriosis. Um, And so there were days that I was flaring Mm -hmm. from head to toe. um, And I would, I would pass out because of the pain. And that's been the hardest thing. I've always had such big goals and such big dreams and things that I wanted to be able to follow through with. And, Mm -hmm. um, there were times that I never thought I would be able to do anything. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really hard. Yeah. It was really hard to give up everything that I wanted because mm-hmm. my my body couldn't do it. Yeah. I might cry. I'm trying really hard not to. Um, uh, I'm a very... I'm a theater girl. I'm very emotional. <laughs> yeah. uh, I totally understand. Uh you you would be the first person to cry on, on the show, but don't feel bad. Uh, you I can guarantee you wouldn't be the last. There's always a first, but there's never a last. Um, and so if you uh, if you do, um, feel no shame. Um, Thank you. Like there's no there's no problem there. Um, like it's I understand. Um, uh, personally, I, I can understand exactly uh, where you are where you are with that. Um, uh, 
uh, I've had I've had multiple struggles in my life. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, as I talked about in the podcast before, uh, I suffer from uh, von Hippel-Lindau uh, syndrome, so it's genetic cancer. Uh, I get tumors all over my body. I actually have a an eye surgery coming up on Thursday. I just scheduled it today um, to to laser some uh, some of those tumors. Uh, so I second one in six months. Um, second treatment uh in six months um but i generally get one of those done about every uh six to twelve months and then but um i also have had other struggles in my life uh in, in an effective home environment is the nicest way to put it <laughs> um or uh uh less nice ways to put it is a uh, dick hole of a father um <laughs> and uh and uh, a lot of that stuff came to head for me uh in school uh and particularly manifests itself in a lot of depression and anxiety um, and stuff like that. And, and I can, I know what it's like to see uh, kind of your your life goals, right? What you thought was going to be your path slip through your fingers um, and, and how hard that can be. Uh, and then for me, it really came to a head back in 2015 with my brain surgery. Um, and uh, I completely shut down. Uh, had a bit of a mental break. Um, and... Uh, uh, I've been unemployed for two years um, because of it, uh, mostly because of the depression and anxiety. And so I know that that was actually the inspiration for this podcast. Um, uh, I, I started back in October this year because I'm just like, this is a cool story to tell um, yeah. about, um, you know, the, the process of overcoming um, in your life it is a lot. And, um, and, it can it manifests itself in a lot of different ways um particularly like it it's really it's really hard to see though how your struggle changes what you thought your life was going to be and i really like i really like to talk about and drive home to people um that a lot of you will feel a lot of sadness and depression when that happens and that's okay um and that's normal um, and there are so many skills you can use to move past it. And, and I've learned those skills and, and that's a big part of what this podcast is about. And, uh, and so some of that's going to be what I talked to you about tonight, uh, in more detail. Um, so I assuming obviously that so it really impacted your work life up to now. Um, so I'm assuming we're up to the present at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Obviously, uh, from what I can, can tell uh, in the short time that we've managed to talk together, you've achieved uh, some sort of success in your life, uh, what, what you would consider success <laughs> at this point, right? Um, because uh, in my opinion, success is no one thing. Uh, I've talked to people who are, who are very, very happy where they are with their $23,000 a year, but they have a home and they have their child, <laughs> right? And they're very, very happy, right? And But I've also talked to people who make lots more money, right? And uh, they're not they don't think they've achieved success yet. Right. I, I, I like to think that uh, there, there's no one thing there successful. So, um, but obviously you found ways of overcoming right now yeah. to succeed, uh, as effectively as possible in your work life. Uh, and as well as to, um, I mean, you, know, you, you seem to have shifted, uh, your plan, <laughs> so to speak. Um, a little bit in, uh, be able to channel your passions and interests in a more effective way for you. Um, and so that's really exciting. So, uh, let's kind of dive in to, um, uh, 
Actually, before we do that, um, I actually want, I, I, you mentioned earlier before we started this that you wanted to talk specifically about your fibromyalgia. And so yeah. I want to give you a moment quick to, to tell us a little bit more about that specifically because we, we talked mostly about um, how the, your autoimmune has affected your, your life. But how has fibromyalgia impacted you? And could you tell us a little bit more about it? Because we, see, we all see the ads for the medicine on, <laughs> on the, the, new, the channels that nobody watches, but we all watch. Yep. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm not sure if any of us really know what it is. So if you tell us a little bit about that and your own personal experience. Yeah. Um, honestly, the reason that no one really knows what it is is because doctors don't really know what it is. Um, my doctor calls it the shoulder shrug disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't know what else to call it, disease. Um, for the most part, it is a... Um, the theory is that it's overstimulated nerves, mm-hmm. that there's something crossed in your brain or a chemical somewhere in there that is causing nerve pain where it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, it presents itself in so many ways to so many different people that it's really difficult to get a diagnosis sometimes because my fibromyalgia doesn't feel like anyone else's um mine in particular it uh it presents itself in my back for the most part um i get really bad back spasms it's just the best way i've heard it described by a doctor is it feels like the body aches that you get when you have the flu or cold all the time. Okay. Um, and there is medication for it, but it doesn't always work. It works for some people and it does nothing for others. Um, so there's just a lot of trial and error there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it's, uh, it's very similar to, uh, to mental illnesses in that sense. Yeah, um, it really is. Uh, sometimes they're hard to pin down exactly what it is, um, and even more so than it's hard, is how do we actually how do we effectively treat this? Uh, or for me in particular, uh, uh, insomnia is a big big one. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the uh, sleep disorders are are a very big thing where some you you put a name to it, right? <laughs> but uh, but how do you treat this? Uh, exactly. is a big thing. Uh, you know, and so. Um, so anyone out there, like I said, so if you struggle, suffer from a mental illness or um, a sleep disorder of some sort, I, I'm sure you can relate to um, knowing something's wrong, feeling that something's wrong, and having no idea how to, what it actually is, or how to effectively treat it. <laughs> um, because all of us are so unique, um, and our bodies are so unique, and there's so much we don't yet know. Um, so does this... Uh, does this fibromyalgia flare at all? Like, essentially, does it get really bad um, yeah, and then yeah. kind of subside? Um, or is it, like, always, always there? It Honestly, it's a person-by-person thing. For me, um, from my last year of college until last May, it was a constant. Um, and there were times within that constant that got worse. Okay. Um, since then, I have found some things that are helping me. Um, so now I'm dealing with little flares here and there, um, or 
you know, anything can set off a flare, the weather, mm-hmm. having a bad day, honestly, um, you know, fibromyalgia is such a mysterious disease mm-hmm. that yeah. anything can kind of set well, it off. So many things can subtly change your body chemistry, um, on a day to day basis. And so, uh, you know, and sometimes, like I said, if you, if you don't know the exact cause of something, it's really hard to predict, well, what, what actually causes the, the flare, right? You know, yeah. you know, what is the thing that's changing my body chemistry to cause this thing, this pain, right? It, it's really, it can be really, really difficult to nail that down. Um, so thanks for that great explanation, by the way. <laughs> I, I think Not very medical, help. but the best I, way I know how to describe it. Uh, so a lot of times I find the non-medical explanations to be the most effective um, because they're the ones that people can really understand and relate to. Um, so thank you so much for telling us about that. So yeah. um, obviously all this stuff combined um, has a real negative... Uh, sorry, I, I try to stick away uh, from black and white terms if I can. Uh, so. Uh, not necessarily negative, but uh, it's made your life more difficult than it maybe had to be. Um, For sure. Right, because uh, I don't like to label things, I guess, as, as black and white because obviously it made some things difficult, but it's probably made other things much easier uh, or it's, it's directed your passions in a certain way. Um, and so there are a lot of positives that come out of struggles. Um, I know for me personally there is, and I know for, for a lot of people there there are real big things and good, good things that come out of uh, things that make us struggle. Um, so let's, uh, kind of go back, um, to school, um, uh, grade school, high school, right. Um, that kind of area. And, uh, let's kind of dive in a little bit. So what were some of the things that you did to, um, I guess what were the skills that your techniques or, um, you know, activities that you did, uh, whatever you, you would do to deal with this struggle, um, you know, overcome it, uh, like I said, uh, to, to name drop the podcast, right. But, but to <laughs> effectively deal with, uh, the struggle to live, uh, the most, uh, productive and happy life you could at the time. Um, and, uh, um, how did, what were some of the ineffective things you did? <laughs> we talked about them a little bit earlier, but, uh, I like to talk about both. Um, when I was still in like grade school, uh, things were a little bit easier because I wasn't, everything hadn't started stacking yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then we knew that I wasn't quote unquote normal. Um, but, um, the end of, being able to do things like playing soccer. Uh, I started breaking bones at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a while, even as a kid, I was very, like, very sad about it. And one of the things that I found to cope and to help me in other ways was actually theater. Um, it was a really, a very warm and inviting place, but it was also full of people who understood if I needed to take a break, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's finding the things that you are physically able to do and enjoy and mm-hmm. that bring you joy 
Um, so I, I feel like I learned pretty young how to try to find those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, you know, I was still a kid. So lots of hmm. help from my parents, lots of making sure that I was being taken care of, making sure that I was getting the rest I needed. Um, and helping me at every opportunity that my family could to make sure that I could still function. Because mm-hmm. even as a, a grade schooler, there were times that I was like, nope, <laughs> not today. Yeah, Can't do it today. And having a mom that wasn't telling me to, you know, suck it up, go to school. Mm-hmm. I had someone who knew that if I wasn't going, if I wasn't pushing to do something, it was because I physically couldn't. Yeah. That, yeah, uh, that, that resonates with me. Uh, but uh, it, it mirrors um, kind of the universal truth that, that I find with most struggles, which is um, uh, especially when you, you find them preventing you from doing the things that you thought you wanted to do, um, is that there are a lot of things that you can be passionate about. Uh, you don't have to settle on just one. Yeah. Um, and, and so, uh, sometimes when one path is cut off, another one opens, um, well, not, not so much opens, but another one, it, it's already there, uh, but, but suddenly you, you see it for the first time. And then, uh, another really key point that I found really interesting is, uh, particularly about theater and it's something, uh, I've experienced with theater. I, I graduated with a theater minor. My wife graduated with a theater major. Um, that's actually, we actually met in our college theater. Uh, costuming department and um like it's something i've found particularly in the theater but i've also found it uh in the sports i've played um and in really any kind of thing is people who genuinely genuinely care about your success and your well-being um like sur- being surrounded by people who genuinely care about your success and well-being um is huge it's huge to overcoming any struggle Right? It's not just about people who, who care about you, um, right? Because, because obviously um, we've all been around people who care, care about us, but they aren't effective for us, uh, effective in our lives, right? Because um, I've been around people who, who very often have um, not necessarily, not that they don't want the, on the surface, they don't want the best for me, right? But all, all of a sudden when, uh, they, uh, they want you to not necessarily be as successful as you could because they're afraid they might lose you because of it. Um, and so sur- being surrounded by people who genuinely want you to be as successful as you can be, um, d- despite what that would mean for your relationship, is hugely important um, in overcoming any struggle. Uh, and, and obviously you, you experienced that from a young age. Um, yeah. And, uh, and it sounds like you're, I'm assuming you, you, uh, you obviously, you, uh, majored in theater, so you experienced theater all the way through high school and then college. Um, and so I think it's really, really cool that the kind of realize the fact that, uh, you found the support system and you surrounded yourself with that same support system for almost your entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really, really cool thing. Uh, and that's something that I think is really effective for any of our listeners, right? Which is, um. It doesn't have to be theater, right? It, it can be anything. It can be any whatever you're interested in doing or interested in talking about or just people that, whoever they are, right? Um, if they just genuinely care about you and your success, 
surround yourself with them and those type of people for as long as you can because they lift you up and they make everything easier to overcome. Um, 100%. And so that's, I'm really glad that, like I said, that, that's kind of a universal truth that I'm finding as I interview more and more people. Um, it, because it's, like I said, as you talk to more people, it's a lot easier to realize that uh, there are certain things that aren't just exclusive to your own experience. Um, and, and it's really, really exciting to find out the things that worked for you have also worked for other people. And so they will probably work for even more people if they know about them. Um, and so what are some of the other things you did, I guess, uh, move, shifting into uh, high school um, and, uh, and college? I said, what were some other things that you did um, to kind of help you deal with the the daily struggle of uh, of overcoming this, especially as uh, things began to stack? Uh, I I've kind of decided that we, we all get quite a bit, we all get more damage as time goes on, and so oh, yeah. things begin, begin to stack. Uh, the older we get, the harder it gets, and so um, it's obviously things begin to stack for you. So. Uh, what were some of the other skills you began to employ? One of the most important things that I learned as I got older, um, more so in college, is uh, the ability to look at a situation um, and think, is this good for me? Is this like something that I can physically handle? And when it's not the ability to say no, that was always, it still is something that I struggle with. I hate disappointing people. I hate canceling things. I felt so guilty canceling you last week. <laughs> um, but, you know, the ability to say, I'm sorry, I can't. And, you know, when you do have something mental, physical, you have to be able to put yourself first in some situation. And that was one of the hardest lessons I had to learn. Oh yeah. And it's still learning. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I think that's, I, I'm really glad you brought this up because uh, it boils down to something else um, that, uh, that I've begun to, to kind of suss out as a universal truth um, with struggles um, as I've begun to interview people and stuff like that, which is uh, this, uh, it's a concept of self-awareness, right? Um, and, and it applies, like I said, not just to an illness, right? Not just to anything. It might apply to what you actually do for your career, what you're talented at, what you're passionate about, right? What you aren't passionate about and what you just aren't going to be able to do, right? Like being as self-aware as possible is, uh, I think, is the key to happiness um, yeah. in the long term. Um, because uh, once you become very self-aware like i said once you begin to recognize your own limitations right um and once you begin to ex uh radically accept that right so so accept that with no preconceived judgment right about what that means right it's not right or wrong it just is um mm -hmm. and, and being and knowing what that is is hugely important and a very very valuable skill that all of us can learn and employ in our daily lives uh, no matter where we're at. And I'm really excited that you talked about it. <laughs> um, and so how did, how have you learned to apply that more? Um, 
honestly the last two years uh it almost felt like i was being stripped down to the bone um and i had you know you have the choice to keep trying mm -hmm. or to let whatever you're fighting against win I'm trying not to ramble. Words are hard sometimes. Um, no, I understand. Well, it's, sometimes it's hard to find the right words. Yeah. Um, but the more that you can step away from the moment that you're in, the pain that you're in, the whatever you're in, and think about what do I need to do to make tomorrow better? What do I need to do today? to make next week easier. Um, being able to look at something subjectively and not emotionally, which is very difficult for me. I'm a very emotionally driven person. Um, I feel like that is one of the like hardest lessons I've learned, but one of the things that's helped me heal myself and get better, you know, it goes back to being able to tell people no, mm -hmm. being able to tell myself no, um, and understanding that having to tell myself no isn't a failure. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really important to recognize like, that there are some things, in my opinion, that are black and white, but most of the world is, is a shade of gray. And um, very rarely are you a success or a failure, right? Uh, very rarely. Um, is it a win or a loss? Right. Um, you know, like one of the things that caught my attention, like you said, is uh, you don't want to let the thing that you're fighting against win. Right. Um, but even now, if, if I can offer some value, right, it, it's like I said, it's not about the winning or the losing. Right. Um, you know, you, the thing doesn't win. Right. And it doesn't lose. Right. And you don't win and you don't lose. Right. Um, reality is just as it is, right? <laughs> and um, and being as effective as you can in that reality is the win, right? Yeah. Like that's the win, right? Is being as effective as you can, and um, and when when I'm beginning to hear from you, right, is that um, you're start, you're really starting to learn how learn that. Right, that that it's okay to, it's okay to struggle. It's okay to say no, right? It's okay to not do something, right? Because what's most important is being as effective as you, as you can right here, right now, right? Uh, being present in the moment, right? And, uh, but, but not letting your emotion mind take control, right? Not letting, you know, things skyrocket and drive you into different urges or behaviors that are ineffective for you, but just sit, sitting in, um, uh, I am in a program and I fully believe in a, a program called DBT, which is dialectic behavioral therapy. Uh, <laughs> My roommate and I were just talking about this. Yeah. And, uh, and I love, I love DBT and I will preach it till the day I die. Um, and I talk, I slip a lot of the terms, uh, that we use in DBT into this. And one of the things that I talk about is, uh, right now, which is wise mind, right? Which is, uh, which is the, at the heart of dialectics, which is uh, dialectic means um, kind of a middle path, 
Right, uh, which is all about, and wise mind is all about being in the middle. Right, that essentially centered in um, in between your emotion mind and your rational mind. Right, and and I, I definitely hear what you're saying. Right, is that understanding what your wise mind is telling you, right, is effective for you. Here, it is huge, um, in in helping you achieve that self awareness. Um, and I, I think that's a really important point to stick on. Right, is Sometimes you, you just got to trust your gut, right? Not not necessarily your urge, right? But w what's your gut feeling, your gut thought, right? And, um, and, some, and sometimes you just have to trust it, right? And uh, and I've talked about other skills um, in, in past episodes, such as uh, uh, checking the facts of a situation and things of that nature, right? Um, and, and making sure that uh, you, you, aren't, you aren't lying to yourself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that your mind isn't lying to you or your body isn't telling you something that isn't true. Right. And obviously check the facts of situations. But a lot of times your wise mind knows what you want to do. And it, it's actually our emotion mind or our rational mind that all of a sudden says, no, that's not that's not the, the most effective thing. And it gets really, really hard. Um, and, and what I'm sensing is uh, is an ineffective skill. Um, I, I know that I struggle with it all the time. Uh and uh, I know a lot of people do, which is uh, uh, judgments, right? <laughs> um, uh, which is this idea of, like I said, um, you, you judge. Uh, you, you put things in black or white, right? Right or wrong, right? And uh, you don't describe reality, and we don't just we don't describe reality as it is, right? And it, in fact, we we start to place judgments on it, um, mm -hmm. and. From what, what I'm gathering from you is, is that's something that you struggle with, <laughs> um, and, and so I haven't managed to talk to anyone else about this on the podcast yet. So I, I want to talk to you. <laughs> could, could you tell us kind of a little bit about what it's like to to deal with the judge, those judgments? Like how, yeah. how do they come in, and like what? How do they negatively affect you? And what do you do? What do you do to combat them? So the worst judgment comes from myself. Mm -hmm. um, the one that's been the most poisonous to me. Um, and that's been, you know, calling myself weak, judging myself for not being able to do something. But also, uh, sometimes I am very hard on myself mm -hmm. when I'm having, you know, a bad day, a bad week. And I, I haven't in a long time, but, um, one of the little monsters I have to keep away from myself is, well, other people have it worse. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you know, that's the thing is nobody else has ever told me that. No one. Mm -hmm. But I tell myself on a regular basis, or I used to, I'm working on it, is mm -hmm. somebody else has it worse. You are fine. Somebody else has it so much worse than you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those, um, those myths that we tell ourselves. Right. Yeah. Um, like, and you know, it's, it's been learning and reminding myself that yes, there are people out there who have a struggle larger than mine, but that doesn't negate my feelings, my struggle, my pain, um, you know, and validating myself and understanding that all of the things I deal with are valid and I'm 
I don't have to compare myself. I can be my person with my pain and my struggles and deal with it. (laughs) Sorry. It's just, I'm really excited (laughs) because I I love the words you use. I've used them before on the podcast before and and not everyone use, uh, but validation, right? Particularly self-validation. I know that, I know for me, it's incredibly, incredibly difficult to self-validate. Even when I do do, even when I do well, in my own life, uh, it's never enough, right? I, I tell myself I should do more, right? I should be better. I should, oh. right? And so being able to self-validate and say, you did good, you yes. doing well, <laughs> is a real big struggle, uh, obviously for you, for me, and for a lot of people, I find that self-validation is huge, right? And it's, it's not about, it's not about promoting unhealthy behaviors. It's about, like I said, validating the things that you're doing well, um, and the fact that you you are overcoming, you are, you're being successful and you're being as effective as you can. And that's really powerful and important. And I find that a lot of people struggle with that. And I'm really excited that that you're talking about that and how judgments really get in the way of that. Um, and the worst ones are the judgments you put on yourself to yeah. me. Oh yeah. Like there've well, always been, I mean, my whole life, you know, people who don't have to deal with things like like you do, we do, you know, anything that you are dealing with, if people don't, you know, they don't have that space in their head for what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially like as a kid, a lot of my friends thought that I was faking it a lot mm-hmm. or making it up or over-exaggerating. And it was always, I think that's where those little, those little myths. brains in your head begin. Mm-hmm. is people telling you, you know, like, ah, oh, it's not that bad. Like, I get right. sore. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Right. Well, and uh, well, and that's the thing, right, is uh, you want you, I'm going to call you out on the podcast, right, even live. Uh, <laughs> right, there was a judgment there, right? And uh, even, even on your end of those other, of other people, right? And yeah. it's one of those things where it's just like, everyone has their own struggles, and that's okay. Right. And recognizing that the judgments of others and judgments of ourselves, right, that aren't, we don't know that aren't factual. Right. You know, we don't know their, their heart. We don't know their thoughts. Right. No, no one knows their thoughts, but they do. Right. And yeah. we can only describe reality as we see it, like as it is and as we observe it. And so. And through the filters that we see it through. Exactly. Right. And you so, know, I, and it's harder it's always, it's hard to remind yourself of that all the time, mm-hmm. but you have to. Yeah. And like, it's, it's really, really hard. Right. Uh, but one thing I, uh, I'll give you, uh, some, uh, something that I've done, um, that that's really helped me with judgments. Um, in particular is, uh, counting them. Actually, it's an exercise we do in DBT. Uh, it's an exercise that's really, really effective, which is just, uh, counting, the judgments that you're making, right? Uh, because awareness is <coughs> is the key to overcoming something, right? If you're if you're not aware of it, how can you how can you go about fixing it? And so uh, even sometimes just counting your judgments and seeing, oh, that was a judgment. Oh, that was a judgment, right? Without judging the judgments, right? Like don't judge yeah. yourself for judging, right? But but just just count them, right? And to, and just say that was a judgment. That was a judgment, and see how often you're doing it. Right. A lot of times even just counting them can begin to, you become self aware that you're doing it and you begin to stop doing it. And 
is that's a really really powerful tool to overcoming those judgments uh which are born of the myths myths that we uh that were kind of taught growing up right e either by uh society at large or the people around us as we're growing up there, there are certain myths that we're told which even sometimes like being emotional is being weak right or that you're uh if you're emotional it means you can't control yourself right uh or because you feel an emotion you have to act a certain way right um at least all myths that uh, i was told as a kid right which yeah. we shift much toward, more toward the rational mind <laughs> right or um or make other people shift towards even uh succumbing to their emotional mind even more and another myth like i said such as uh you know other people have things worse right or you could be doing more right or why don't you do more right and and stuff we begin to tell ourselves and so recognizing those myths counting those judgments is a great step towards becoming more self-aware and being able to self-validate what you actually Absolutely. are um, yeah so that is really really cool um and i actually think i'm going to do a education episode on judgments and self-validation in the future now um because i, I think it's something really important to touch on more in depth um so this is great so surrounding yourself with supportive genuinely supportive people and um becoming more self-aware and less uh judgmental of yourself as time goes on has made huge help for you um so what other skills have you employed um even just just practical daily things you do right that make your life easier or more not or more effective right and allow you to achieve the success that you want i mean it sounds so basic get enough sleep uh, yes nobody sleeps enough <laughs> and that, like literally i i don't know a single human being who sleeps enough um but especially for people with um any kind of health issue at all mm -hmm. sleep is so beneficial and like some of the things that i have to remind myself of but that are skills that are helping me are so basic like get sleep drink enough water um, make sure that you're eating food that is actually helping your body. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're beginning to describe the plea skills in, in DBT, which we talked about before, right? But, <laughs> but right, it's, it's treating your physical illness, right? Eating right. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's sleep, right? Like getting it, making sure you, you get enough sleep and exercising when you can, right? In an effective way, right? And that one's hard. <laughs> right. Well, it can be hard, especially depending on, on what the thing you're struggling with, right? But like, but doing, but treating, treating your body as well as possible is a huge, a huge, huge part of overcoming the struggles in your daily life, right? It, like, because it just, it sets you up to be more successful. Like, it, it just, it makes things better. <laughs> it does. It's right. incredible. And I mean, that is like one of my, if I can help like show anyone anything, it's that literally every person needs those basics. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you are in the like most pristine health, just take care of yourself. Yeah. 
and actually listen to what your body is telling you. Exactly. We, I feel like we as a society, um, we're pushed so hard to push through things. Mm-hmm. And while I consider that one of my skills because I've had more things that I've had to push through um, in the respects of my health. Yeah. That I always joke that I can survive. I think I'll survive the zombie apocalypse because mm-hmm. I'm really good at pretending like nothing's wrong. Yeah. Um, um. But, you know, actually checking in with every piece of your body. And if something needs attention, give it attention. Even if it's just you're not sitting with good posture at work and your back is starting to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Take care of the little things yeah. because eventually the little things add up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, because, like, something that I'm coming to realize, right, as I'm getting older, right, is that um, we'll be around here a long time, right, but it's not enough time. In, in my experience, like the greatest commodity we have, like humans have, is just their time on the planet. And if you don't take care of those basics, it's like spending your money before you have it. Yeah. Right. Like that. That's just it. Right. Is that you're giving yourself, guarantee, giving yourself less time to to do the things that make you happy and to live your most effective and successful and happy life right and that's huge right because they make such a big difference um and so i'm really glad that the you're using that you're utilizing those right i'm really glad you brought them up because yeah it's not talked about enough you said that you really just you need to take care of yourself right not because yeah, not, not for any other reason than just to give yourself more time to do the things that you love. Um, you know, because taking a break now means you get more time in the long run. Exactly. And, and I think that's really, really important. And the other thing that you mentioned there is another skill that you have, which is pushing through, right? Uh, I, th- I think a more effective way to describe it is opposite action, um, like which is this idea of recognizing when, um your urge or your emotion or whatever it is doesn't fit the facts of the situation right and sometimes you have to be the exact opposite of whatever your your desire is in that moment right and that's what pushing through is right it's anything that well i can do this but i don't want to like my urge is to not do this but i can and it's effective for me to do it so I'm going to do the opposite 100% and I'm going to go do it, you know, despite the fact that I don't feel like I can. And that's it, <clears throat> really, really powerful. Uh, it's a skill that I feel like I picked up starting in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I, if I stayed inside every time I had a, a headache, I would have never been with my friends. Yeah. I would have never been in theater. Um, and so sometimes it's a, it's definitely not a skill. It's sometimes a detriment, but yeah. I guess a better way to describe it for me is being able to compartmentalize where 
I am and say, I, I need to do this. I can do this. Um, I don't even know if that makes sense. My brain. It's <laughs> one of the fun things about fibromyalgia is a, a thing called fibro fog in your brain mm-hmm. where recall can be really, really difficult. It's one of those days. Um, but yeah, being able to say, you know, I'm tired and I don't want to do this, but I want to do this. Yeah, right. And it's and it's effective for you to do it, right? Like it, it's it, like like I said, not the right or the wrong thing. Like it's the effective thing to do, versus um, something that like it it does more for you, like in the long run then it's going to do negatively for you and not doing it right hurts you in the long run and and so doing it is the effective thing to do despite the fact that it might be hard um and i think in recognizing like i said the difference between when it is effective and when it isn't is uh, is another another skill on top of it right is recognizing like i said when when the situation calls for for you to do the opposite to to actually push through right or when you have to say enough is enough and i need to take a break i need to to not do this thing because it's ineffective for me to do it um and that's a, that's a that's a huge just learn skill through experience right that that's something that can't really be taught you just have to yeah. you have to start to experience when is it effective and when is it not um and i'm just trying to be as self-aware as possible is huge there um I, I, I'm just really excited because, <laughs> because uh, one, one, I relate. I relate to you super well as far as uh, struggles just because, I de- like I said, I've dealt with chronic illnesses, uh, chronic illness my whole life. And so I get it. Um, and so I can just really relate to that. But also just because um, you're touching on so many great skills. And so I'm just really <laughs> I'm excited. Glad. I'm, just like, I'm just like, way to go. Like, way to go, Katie. Right? And <laughs> so much value here. So I tell like, myself that sometimes. I'm like, you're doing it. Good yeah. job. And uh, and you should, right? Because you are doing it, right? And it, it's hard, right? But it's so worth it. And I'm really proud of you. Um, Thank you. And, uh, so, um, like I said, we've been going for uh, just over an hour now. Um, like I, I, I told you earlier, it, it goes it goes really fast. It really um, like it, once you start talking about these things and, and you realize there's so much to talk about it you begin to realize that wow time actually begins to fly um so i'll ask you uh do you have any other skills that you use in your daily life um that you want to talk about um that you think are, are really important um i don't know if it's necessarily a skill but uh the most important thing I found and I think that it it really works for anyone if you're having a hard time with literally anything is find the things that give you joy and revel in it like unabashedly soak it in um for me that's my family and my cats who are sleeping at my feet um and my friends Find the things that give you joy mm-hmm. and hold those, pursue yeah. those and keep them in your hearts because there are going to be days that 
you're not around them mm. or days that things get really, really hard. But they're there, even if you not, can't necessarily enjoy them at the moment. If you just revel in that joy, mm-hmm. it helps to soak in a little bit more. Oh, sorry, I clapped there, right? Because this is so much a skill, <laughs> right? And this is a skill that I haven't had the chance to talk about yet in the podcast, on the podcast yet. And so, like, I'm just really excited that you brought it up. Which and it's <laughs> it's just increasing your daily pleasant events. Right. It's just increasing like every day do something that you enjoy. Right. Every day. It's 15 minutes. Right. Just do something that you enjoy doing for 15 minutes every single day. Right. And then find other things that bring you real joy, like really, really high, make you experience really high joy really intensely. Right. And do those as often as possible. And your life will just be so much better for it um and then when those days are bad right um i actually i ended up talking about this last week and this is um uh one of the distress tolerance skills i didn't have a chance to talk about last week right because uh i like to keep those episodes shorter and so there's only so many skills i can talk about in one of those episodes right but um but it's being able to in those moments of distress when your emotions are really high or your urge is really intense, right? Just the pain sucks, right? Or whatever it is, right? But being able to place yourself in the moment of a memory, right? Of Of a really joyful memory, right? And just being able to really, to sit there and mindfully just place yourself in that moment uh, can do amazing things for bringing down the intensity of whatever it is you're feeling. Right, and just in just stress tolerance is all about tolerating. Right, and when when you get those joyful memories and those pleasant events, being able then to go in those hard times to place yourself in there and then tolerate through, with those events, right, is huge. It's so huge, and and you touched on it, right, and it's it's another part of the stress tolerance, and it's a really really important one, and. I'm so glad that you've learned it. <laughs> um, like it's that one's all my mama. Yeah, she's the one who she always told me, take a picture in your mind. Yeah, take a million pictures and put them in your back pocket for the days that you need them. Yeah, that is mm, profound, right? Uh, <laughs> our mothers are amazing. Um, fathers can be amazing. I didn't have one, but some people have had amazing. My wife has an amazing father, and uh, I was very like, blessed. I would not have made it to twenty-five without my parents. Yeah. They were very lucky that there's only one of me, an yeah. only child. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have made it with more. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't but... have made it for twenty-five <laughs> years. But uh, which I, I totally get. And uh, but yeah, like it's parents are amazing. Treasure them while you can. Um. But the things that people can teach us um, that, you know, science and society catches up and puts a term to them, right? But we've known about for a long, long time, right, can be amazing. And I'm really glad your mom taught you that one because that is an invaluable skill to being able to get through the tough times um, for anyone because I don't care who you are, you will 
experienced real struggle in your life at some point if you haven't yet right like sorry i don't like to say that some struggles aren't real but what i mean is um you'll experience a struggle in your life that seems to eclipse the others <laughs> yeah you know and real in this one doesn't mean factual yeah and uh and this is one of those skills that can really help you overcome that right and for me i think it's loss is a big one right when you lose someone uh that pain can be really really intense and so being able to being able to place yourself in a moment in time in your past where you felt real joy can make that can make that really shitty time in your life that much more tolerable so i'm glad you brought that up <laughs> um like it's actually it's my favorite um, skill uh, it's actually one I utilize almost every day in a slightly different way. Uh, and so I'm going to drop a little value bomb here. Uh, I do mindfulness practices every single day. Um, but uh, what, one thing I do every single morning when I wake up, and it makes every, since I've started doing this, it's made every single day um, 10 times better than they used to be. Even the, even the days that are shitty are 10 times better than they used to be. Um, because every day I wake up, and what I do is I start my day from a place of gratitude, right? Which is I find something um, that I'm grateful for, but, but something that I have a distinct memory of, of the thing, right? And a lot of times I, um, a lot of times I, uh, I go back to the day I got married, right? Um, and uh, particularly when we were saying our vows, right? And, uh, and I place myself in that moment and I just, I'm grateful that I got to experience that. Um, despite everything in my life, I got to experience that moment, that pure moment of joy and happiness and love, right? And that makes everything else worth it. And so starting from that place of gratitude and then recognizing that I still have that in my life and I will always have that in my life, no matter what happens, makes every day 10 times better. And so... Uh, if I can give you a tidbit, or and any listeners a tidbit, I guess it, find a way to start your day with gratitude. Uh, I love that. And being grateful for where you are and what you've got in your life, um, and every day will be better. Um, so, I think that's gonna. Unless you have more skills that you want to talk about, like I said, I don't like to cut people off if I can. <laughs> I think that I don't want to push too much. <laughs> Listen to your body and revel in joy. Those that's, are the biggest ones. That truer words, um, and uh, so, um, like I said, this is uh, Caleb Van Vorn with the Overcoming Podcast here with Tady Roberts. This is episode eleven. Um, hard to believe we're already eleven episodes in, um, but be sure to like, follow, subscribe, whatever platform you're listening or consuming this on, uh, whether that's Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play, uh, or the Overcoming Podcast. Um, uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at OvercomingPC. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, you can message me on any platform, right? Or you can send me an email at OvercomingPC at gmail.com. Um, please, uh, if you hear this, uh, comment or message me. Um, I love to see. I love to see those things because I want to hear what you like and what you don't like. Um, and even more so, I'd love to hear what you got of value out of any 
one of the episodes. If I can just add value to one person's life, that, that's enough for me. So um, if you can just let me know that I did that, that would be great. <laughs> um, and so I'd like to thank Katie so much for being here. Uh, be sure well, to follow her me. on Instagram uh, at Katie Jean Mermaid. Uh, that's C-A-I-T-Y-J-E-A-N Mermaid. Uh, all one word on Instagram. Check out her podcast, Dark Corners, or whatever they decide to name it uh, <laughs> sometime in the future. I think it'll be pretty cool. Um, before we log off, Katie, is there um, any last piece of advice, something that we didn't cover, or uh, something that you just want to leave us with uh, before we kind of say goodbye? Just take care of yourself. Whatever that means to you, just take care of yourself. Yeah, that so true, right? <laughs> Self-care is so important, and uh, not enough people do it. So thank you so much for being with us again, Katie. Uh, thank you so much for listening, uh, anyone who's out there, and we'll see you next week.